السلام عليك يا أبا عبد الله السلام عليك يا ابن رسول الله السلام عليك يا خيرة الله وابن خيرته السلام عليك يا ابن أمير المؤمنين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وابن سيد الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and welcome to episode number 20 of Reflections on Ziyarat Ashura brought to you by Mizan Institute. أن يرزقني طلب ثارك مع إمام منصور من أهل بيت محمد صلى الله عليه وآله. So after we ask Allah, الذي أكرم فأسأل الله الذي أكرم مقامك وأكرمني بك. After we say that in the ziyara, we say that so I ask. Allah, the one who honored your rank, honored you, O Imam Hussein, and honored me through knowing you and having ma'rifah of you. After saying that, it is time to ask for the first thing that we want to do dua for, we want to ask Allah for. What is that? Which this this highlights the importance and significance of such a matter. And that is to be with the Imam that is Mansur. I'll explain each of these. That is Mansur. To be with the Imam that is Mansur when he is avenging your death and blood, O Imam Hussein. And of course, the one who is meant here is Imam Mahdi alayhi salam. So you were asking, the first thing that we're asking for from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to grant us the tawfiq, the opportunity to be with the Imam when he is avenging the death of Imam Hussein alayhi salatu wasalam. Now it says, Ma'a Imamin Mansur. With it doesn't say Imam Mahdi here, although later on in the ziyara we will have something um, where it says Imam Hudan Zahirin Minkum. We'll get there, inshallah. And some versions of the ziyara say Imam Mahdiyan Zahirin Minkum. We'll get to that, inshallah, in another episode. But here it says Ma'a Imamin Mansur with a Mansur Imam, with an aided Imam, with a supported Imam. What's going on here? Well, let us go to Surah Isra, verse 33. In, in this verse, what's happening is that the retaliation and the qisas of a person who's been killed unjustly is being spoken of. And the same word, Mansur, is used there. Okay, So I want to explain the verse, and then I want to illustrate how the verse it has a connection to this part of the ziyarah, ziyarat Ashura, where we are asking to be alongside the Mansur Imam. So, the verse speaks of a person who is Mansur. In Ziyarat Ashura, we're also speaking about the Imam who is Mansur. So let's go to the verse now first, before explaining that part of the ziyarah, and see what the verse is talking about. Surah Isra, verse 33, it says, وَمَنْ قُتِلَ مَظْلُومًا فَقَدْ جَعَلْنَا لِوَلِيهِ سُلْطَانًا فَلَا يُسْرِفْ فِي الْقَتْلِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ مَنْصُورًا So translation of this verse says, Do not kill a soul whose life Allah has made inviolable. You're not allowed to touch. There is sanctity when it comes to that person's life. You're not. Do not kill and take the life of such a soul, of, a, of such a person. Except with due cause, illa bilhaq, unless there's a reason. Okay, so there are many, many people out there, and we are not allowed to take their lives. They are man Allah. 
They are people, they are souls we, that are respected in Allah's eyes. They have sanctity in Allah's eyes. Allah has made it haram to take those lives. Correct? But there will always be exceptions. And an exception will be made when there's a truth involved. For example, the fact that someone unjustly took the life of one of my close ones, one of my loved ones. Okay, an exception will be made then for me to also be able to do qisas and to take that person's life. So this will be an exception based on haqq, based on truth, based on what Allah wants, based on the laws of God. So He gives the relatives of that person the right to retaliate accordingly. But just because an exception is made doesn't mean we can overstep the boundaries either. Alright, so it says an exception is made بالحق, وَمَنْ قُتِلَ مَظْلُومًا And whoever is killed wrongfully فَقَدْ جَعَلْنَا لِوَلِيِّهِ سُلْطَانًا We have certainly given his heir an authority. The one who is going to be next in line is related to them next in line according to the laws of inheritance, let's say. Okay, that is that makes them th that person's wali. This wali of an individual who has been killed wrongfully has some authority here. We have given them permission and authority to retaliate, to exercise qisas, to take that person's life who took the life of my loved one unjustly and, and wrongfully. I have a sultan, I have an excuse, I have an authority to retaliate accordingly. Okay. Fala fil But if I have this permission and authority, but let him not commit any excess in qatl, in taking the life of that individual. So if one person has taken the life of my loved one and I am their heir, then I can retaliate, but retaliate accordingly. I cannot overdo things, I cannot cross certain boundaries. I can't now go and take the life of 10 people in retaliation for the one person that whose life was wrongfully taken. I can't do that. Oh, how dare you take the life of my father? Yeah, now that you did that, I'm going to take the life of 10 of, you, of the people of your tribe. Even when Amir al-Mu'mineen was killed by Ibn Muljam or Ibn Muljim, um, what happened was he made he made it clear, Imam Ali made it clear that if I die from this wound that I have sustained from Ibn Muljim, then you are not allowed to do anything other than retaliate accordingly. You're not allowed to mutilate him, you're not allowed to torture him, you're not allowed to do this, not allowed to do that. You take his life just like he took my life. End of story. And so they say that Imam Hassan once Amir al-Mu'mineen left this dunya and became a shaheed what did Imam Hassan do? With one blow, he took the life of Ibn Muljim, Al-Mal'un, the accursed Ibn Muljim. All right, so you're not allowed to overdo things either just because they took the... This was Khalifatul Muslimin for God's sake, a very important individual. Forget the fact that he is the Imam of his time and all of that. Even if we look at it from a non-Shi'i perspective, this was Khalifatul Muslimin, the leader of the entire Muslim Ummah. But he says, no, don't overdo things when it comes to taking his life. But this last part of the verse, إِنَّهُ kana mansura, is the part that I want to focus on more because this is the connection and link between the verse that we're covering right now and the excerpt from Ziyat Ashura that we began with in this episode. 
إِنَّهُ كَانَ مَنْصُورًا This individual who is allowed to retaliate accordingly has permission and authority to take someone else's life as a result of them wrongfully taking another person's life. This individual, إِنَّهُ كَانَ مَنْصُورًا This person is supported, enjoys the support of what? Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the legislation He has made for this individual. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through allowing this individual to take the life of someone else and retaliate as a result of them wrongfully taking another person's life, Allah through this permission, through this legislation is aiding and supporting the heir of that individual. That as a result, this person is mansur. Mansur means enjoys the nusra and nasr from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The aid and support from Allah through that legislation that He has made. Okay? So this verse ends with this word, Mansura. Now let's go back to the excerpt from Zirat Ashura. It says, Ayyarzuqani talabatharik. Oh Allah, this is the one thing, the first thing that I'm asking for is that you allow me and give me the opportunity and tawfiq to take revenge for the blood of Imam Hussein with who? Ma'a Imamin Mansur. The same word we see here. With the, with the Imam who is Mansur, with the Imam who enjoys the support from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is as if Imam Mahdi salam, and I don't, I don't even want to say it is as if, it is the case, that Imam Mahdi salam is the heir of Imam Hussein salam. Imam al-Sajjad was the direct heir to Imam Hussein. He didn't get to retaliation. Yeah, true, Mukhtar did some things, but those were not necessarily at the order of Imam Sajjad Imam al-Baqir, Imam al-Sadiq, Imam al-Kadhim, all the way to Imam al-Askari. None of these Imams ever retaliated for what happened to Imam Hussain Well, now it's Imam Mahdi's turn. Imam Mahdi is going to be Mansur and he's going to have the opportunity to retaliate and take revenge for what happened to Imam Hussain. And it's going to be more than one person. It's going to be more than one person. So I'll give you an example. If three people attack somebody and three people are, are involved in the killing of somebody, if all three are involved, then the heir of that person who was wrongfully killed can retaliate and take the life of all three actually. But there are some details here, some fiqhi legal details here that I just don't want to get into because three lives for one is not equal at the end of the day. There will be some other matters here that will also be taken into consideration and some blood money that might be involved um, and all of that. I don't want to get into that. And those who know some fiqh will know what I'm talking about and alluding to here. Okay, but that's a fiqhi matter. But all in all, the heir, if three people are involved in killing someone unjustly and wrongfully, the heir of that individual can do qisas to all three of them actually, according to at least the mashhur of the fiqh that we have. Okay, so having said that, Imam al-Mahdi alayhi salam wa ajjalallah faraj al-sharif is the heir of Imam Hussein. Imam Hussein was killed wrongfully and unjustly. As a result, Imam Mahdi can retaliate and do qisas on all of these individuals. Now, I want to um, I want to share a hadith with you in this regard. And it has to do with that verse actually that we recited as well and discussed. It says here that uh, the one who's narrating the hadith, he says, سَأَلْتُ عَنْ أبي عبد الله عليه السلام في قوله تعالى أو سألت أبي عبد سألت أبا عبد الله عليه السلام في قوله تعالى 
I asked Imam Sadiq in regards to the verse that says وَمَنْ قُتِلَ مَظْلُومًا فَقَدْ جَعَلْنَا لِوَلِيِّهِ سُلْطَانًا All the way till the end of the verse. I asked him about this verse, the Surah Isra, verse 33. إِنَّهُ كَانَ مَنْصُورًا That verse. قَالَ Imam Sadiq said ذَلِكَ قَائِمُ آلِ Muhammad. That is Imam Mahdi السلام, The قَائِم of Al Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi يَخْرُجُ فَيَقْتُلُ بِدَمِ الْحُسَيْنِ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ That he will rise and he will kill and retaliate for the blood of, and take revenge for the blood of Imam Hussein عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ فَلَوْ قَتَلَ أَهْلَ الْأَرْضِ لَمْ يَكُنْ مُسْرِفًا So look, you can tell that the Imam, he's paying attention to uh, the verse. Because the verse says, فَلَا يُسْرِفْ فِي الْقَاتِلِ This person should not be excessive. The one who's retaliating should not be excessive when he is taking the life of those who were involved wrongfully in the killing in the wrongful killing of somebody. Here the Imam, look what he says, and of course we're going to take this more as metaphorical or you know trying to illustrate a point, right? So what is that? What is what does the Imam say that we want to explain here and talk about a little bit? لم يكن مسرفان فلو قتل أهل الأرض لم يكن مسرفان. If Imam Mahdi السلام, takes the life of everyone on earth. In retaliation for the blood of Imam Hussein, it won't be excessive. Now here someone might ask, well, that's not fair. A lot of people don't even know about Imam Hussein. They had nothing to do with Imam Hussein. What, what, what does that mean? And of course, this is where I, I want to say that this is more, I would say, this is my humble opinion here. This is a metaphorical statement that's being made to just show how great the tragedy of Imam Hussein was that if someone was to come and just take the life of everyone on earth, as a result of what has happened on Ashura, it won't be seen as excessive in Allah's eyes. Alright, so let's continue with the hadith and I do want to explain this a little bit more, okay? The Imam continues, Imam Sadiq, he continues, he says, and if the verse says, that this person should not be excessive when retaliating, لَمْ يَكُنْ لِيَصْنَعَ شَيْئًا يَكُونُ سَرَفًا it's interesting how the Imam points this out. You know, he says, I know the verse is saying, فَلَا يُسْرِفْ فِي الْقَتْلِ That there shouldn't be so excessiveness there. But whatever the Mahdi does, السلام, it is not going to be seen as and counted as saraf and excessiveness. This is very interesting. The Imam is going to be doing things according to wisdom. But there's a point here that's being made in my opinion. Okay? And that is that, as I said, this is such a great thing. Uh, such a significant thing, it's not being blown out of proportion here. And so when something's that big of an incident, big words will be used to illustrate its greatness and significance. Okay, so let me give an example for this. In the story of Prophet Isa السلام, and how the Christians of that time until today, they say that Allah is the Messiah, son of Mary, Messiah ibn Maryam. The Qur'an, look at what it says here. It says, it, you can tell the tone of God is a very angry tone here. Allah says in the Qur'an, if this is what you're saying, then what, you, what, what, what Allah will do, or what Allah can do as a result of what you're saying, is that He's going to destroy everything and everybody as a result of what you're saying. Not that Allah will actually do that, but it's just showing how great a statement this is that Allah says this to describe it. But uh, let me read the verse to you so you, you get a better understanding of what I'm trying to get to here. 
in Surah Ma'idah, verse 17, it says, They are certainly kafir, those who say, Allah is the Messiah, son of Mary. Say, who can avail anything against Allah should he wish to destroy the Messiah, son of Mary, and his mother, and everyone upon the earth? So you can tell it's like, you really got on God's nerves here by saying this. Do you want Allah to destroy Isa salam, destroy Maryam, his mother, and destroy everyone on earth? So someone might say, oh, don't you think that's overdoing it a little bit? No, brothers and sisters. This statement is such a heavy statement, such a, let's say, crazy statement to make, that Allah reacts in this way. Not that Allah's emotions are getting the best of him, na'udhu billah, and astaghfirullah by saying that. No. It's just illustrating what a great thing it is and what a significant thing it is that they're saying. Not that Allah is going to actually do that. Allah is not going to punish Prophet Isa or his mother for what the people have said or everyone upon the earth. It's just making a point here. Do you want me to destroy everything and everybody because of what you said? In other words, what you're saying is a very grave thing. Okay. To Allah belongs the kingdom of the heavens and the earth and whatever is between them. He creates whatever He wishes and Allah has power over all things. Ma'idah 17, as I said. So here, let's go back to the hadith. The hadith says, if Imam Mahdi were to take the life of everyone on earth as a result of the tragedy of Imam Hussein, it wouldn't be excessiveness. And so that, I mean, but is Imam Mahdi going to actually do that? No, Imam Mahdi is not going to actually do that. A point is being made here, brothers and sisters. So it's very similar to that story of Prophet Isa and Allah saying he will destroy everybody. Alright, let's continue with the hadith and end it. End the hadith. It says, ثُمَّ قَالَ أَبُوْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ Imam Sadiq continued and he said, يَقْتُلُوا وَاللَّهِ ذَرَارِيَّ قَتَلَةِ الْحُسَيْنِ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ بِفَعَالِ آبَائِهَا According to what I have here. That the Imam will come and he will take the life of the descendants of those who were in Karbala or had something to do with Karbala the actions of their forefathers. So this now moves us into this whole discussion of, okay, wait a minute here. If Imam Mahdi is the heir to Imam Hussein who now has the opportunity to do Qisas because his forefathers did not have that opportunity, all right, Bismillah, let's do it. But okay, uh, those who were involved in the death of Imam Hussein, in the killing and massacre of Ashura, they no longer exist anyway. They're in they're in the Jahannam of Barzakh right now anyway. So who is it exactly that Imam Mahdi is going to take revenge from? And so this hadith ends with this. It says these, these are the ones that he is going to take revenge from, the descendants of those individuals. But then the question will be, well, what if they are sinless? What if they had nothing to do with it, which they didn't? Because that was like 1,300 years ago, 1,350 years ago or something that Ashura took place. And so... The Imam says, the Imam doesn't explain further here. But our scholars have explained that, yeah, you can't hold a person responsible for something that others did a thousand, thousand five hundred years ago. So what is probably meant here is that he will retaliate and take revenge from those descendants who are happy with what happened on Ashura. That's what some have said. Others will say no, he will re res those who were involved in Ashura, they will return as part of Raj'ah maybe. There's a doctrine in Shi'i Islam um, called the Raj'ah. We don't have time to get into that for sure, but um, there, is a, had, there is a belief that we have in Shi'ism, and that is mainstream Shi'ism right now, 
that raj'a will take place, and that is after the return of Imam Sahib al-Zaman that some of the worst of the worst and the best of the best will be resurrected before Yawm al-Qiyamah. And so there's a whole story there. Some will say that the retaliation and qisas that will take place is going to be on these individuals who were directly involved in Ashura, in other words, who or lived during that time. When I say directly, what I mean by that is who lived in that time, whether it was Yazid, whether it was Ubaidullah bin Ziyad, or those who were directly involved in the killing on the plains of Karbala. They will be resurrected and Imam Mahdi will retaliate and do qisas on them. That's what some have said. Another opinion might hold that no, those not necessarily even descendants only, but anyone who follows the path of Yazid and the likes of Yazid even today, that is who Imam Mahdi will um, will take qisas from. Whatever it is, brothers and sisters, we know this is a very big thing that's going to be happening. It is a very blessed thing that is going to be happening. And so the first dua that is taking place after we ask Allah, we say, we ask you, O Allah, the one who honored Imam Hussein honored his rank, honored us through ma'rifah of him, the first dua we're making is to be part of that. So it shows that this is a very lofty thing actually. And finally, what I want to say is this. Someone might say that, well, what's the big deal, you know? After all these years have passed, what's the big deal? Well, brothers and sisters, we don't know what's happening in the cosmos. My very humble personal understanding, based on some of the hadiths we have, if you take those hadiths as reliable, is that it's as if after the killing of Imam Hussein, the balance of the cosmos was kind of compromised. After the killing of Imam Hussein, there is no balance in this realm of existence as if. And it's just waiting for that Imam Mahdi to come and return and to retaliate accordingly so that the balance of the cosmos, the balance of the of this realm of creation and existence is restored through this talab al through this qisas, through this retaliation that is going to take place. I mean, when we have hadiths telling us that the angels are weeping till today, it seems that it's only after Imam Mahdi returns and he does what he has to do that you know things will go kind of back to normal in the cosmos and the angels and all the way till this realm of existence, which is the earth and the world, the dunya that we are living in. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa وعلى علي ابن الحسن وعلى أولاد الحسن وعلى أصحاب الحسن